0: Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Mercy triumphs when it comes to God and his redemptive work. Mercy, it triumphs. What an extraordinary thought and one that we want to continue contemplating as we move through our time together. I have one more final sacred word to share with you as we come to the conclusion of our summer theme called Reclaiming Sacred Words. So please take out your talk notes and let's fill in some blanks. Our word for today is the word salvation. This is probably a familiar term to many of us But I really believe when we understand it, when we truly understand it as it is revealed to us throughout scripture, and this term is pervasive from front to back when you think about God's redemptive story of reaching out to rescue and save humans. When we really understand this word in light of what we find in scripture, it is absolutely transformative. So let's think about this word, salvation. I want to begin with a story about when my family was much younger and we were living in Illinois at the time. Our kids, we only have four of them at this particular time, were ranging in age from two to nine and we took some time to vacation in a place called Lake Geneva, Wisconsin It was approximately 45 minutes from where we lived. There was a beautiful lake there and a wonderful village area where you could dine and shop. And it was just a great place. So we got our four little kids together and we went to Lake Geneva and we were having a wonderful time. My Chandler, who was four years old at the time, we actually just dropped him off for his first year of college on Thursday. So that tells you how long ago this was. Let me ask you this. How many of you have dropped off kids at college in the past few days? All right, keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up. Look around the room. Pray for these people, okay? (laughs) They may need to cry on your shoulder, or they may need to punch you. I don't know. Emotions are high. So it could be one thing or the other, But be in prayer for these people because the whole process of taking your kids to college and dropping them off is absolutely terrible. It's terrible, the whole thing. So we dropped off Chandler and so I'm kind of reminiscing about him and I recalled as I thought about this word salvation, a story related to Chandler when we were in Lake Geneva when he was four years old. So Chandler. At that particular time, he loved Beanie Babies. You remember Beanie Babies? I want to introduce you to Razzie the raccoon. Chandler loved Razzie. I think it's because he has a mask and a tail, and they were great friends. Wherever you found Chandler, Razzie right there. And if you saw Razzie, no doubt Chandler was hanging on to him for dear life. So we're vacationing in Lake Geneva. We're walking around the village area, having a wonderful time. And all of a sudden, my young family begins to panic because Chandler couldn't find Razzie. And he had been walking around with him, but Razzie was nowhere to be found. And so his older brother and his older sister are worried. And his younger sister was worried as well because where could Razzie be? We've got to find Razzie or Chandler will be scarred for life. So we begin looking around the little town area, and sure enough, we found Razzie sitting in the middle of an intersection. (laughs) Chandler had dropped Razzie when we crossed the street, and so I remember looking over there and thinking, you know what, he's got a lot of beanie babies. I'm sure we don't really need Razzie, and I'm communicating this to Tanya, and she's kind of doing the Like, okay, okay, I got to go and rescue Razzie, who is sure to perish, if I don't go and get him from the middle of the street. So what happened next, at least in my mind, as I recall this story so many years later, is something from the scene of a great rescue movie. I was bounding over tall buildings, hurtling cars that were on fire and fending off all of the evil forces who wanted to hurt Razzie and things are exploding, but yet I made it to the middle of the street and walked through all kinds of peril and pain so that I could scoop up Razzie and take him back to my beloved son so that he could survive. That's how I picture the story happening in my mind. Of course, it was much less dramatic than that. I simply walked into the intersection, and I picked up Razzie, and I brought him back to Chandler, and I love talking about Chandler now that he's not here to complain about my stories about him. It's great. Now, I I have my kids sign waivers whenever I talk about them, but it was a great day for Chandler, and actually we now refer to this event in our family as the day that dad saved Razzie. The whole story has a name. The day that dad saved Razzie. That was probably the height of my parenting skill, my best day. It's been downhill ever since. (laughs) But a great day when, when I was able to save Razzie. Saving... And salvation and rescuing stories all involve pain and peril and valorous activity. And we can't get enough of saving and rescuing stories. We love them, right? Well, I want you to hear this. So all eyes up here for just a moment. No saving story compares to the saving work of Jesus. Nothing compares to that. And as we walk through this final sacred word for today and hopefully breathe new life into the value of it for all of us, we just need to know and we need to understand that no rescuing story that we read or we watch or we are involved in ourselves can ever compare to the saving work of Jesus. Jesus and salvation, they just go together. That's the way it works. When we talk about Jesus, we have to talk about salvation. And whenever we're talking about salvation, we also have to talk about Jesus, which brings us to our big idea for today. Here it is, Understanding Salvation. And again, we want to understand it because it means great things for all of us. Understanding salvation gives those who have never responded to Jesus the chance to trust him fully. For those that have trusted, thinking about this word has the full potential to fill us with wonder and once again bow before God in deep gratitude. Now, that may be the longest big idea in the history of big ideas. A couple of weeks ago, I had a one word big idea for you is the word wow, kind of unsophisticated. So I'm making up for it today with a lot of words. But I think understanding salvation is vital for all of us because it gives those who have never responded to Him the chance to say, Oh my goodness. God, through Christ, has offered something amazing for me, and I can have that, and I can enjoy it. Or it helps those of us who have trusted in Christ alone to rescue us. It gives us the chance, once again, just to say, God, only you, only God, and to bow in reverence and give deep gratitude toward him. And so that's what we want to think through today. So this word salvation in the Old Testament or the older portion of the Bible, the principal Hebrew term for salvation has the idea of freedom. And so whenever we're in the Old Testament or the or the older portion of the Bible, we're thinking about freedom when we see that word salvation. In the New Testament, the primary Greek word that we find is the word soterio. And it means deliverance. So Old Testament freedom New Testament deliverance. And from this Greek word soterio, we get the word soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation or the study of salvation, which is what we want to do a little bit of today. And from soteriology, this word that means deliverance, and this is what Jesus offers to all of us, from this word, there are other words that just help us understand how much God loves us and how he has bent over backwards throughout history to reach out and offer salvation to humans, to us. And so let's think through this a little bit. I want to dive into Romans chapter three. So if you have a Bible or a device Go ahead and find this book in the New Testament. The fastest way to find it is to open up your Bible to the first book of the New Testament. It's Matthew. And if you turn to the right, you'll pass through all of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you keep turning, you'll find another book called Acts. That's a book of history for us. If you keep turning to the right a little bit, eventually you'll bump into the book of Romans And chapter 3, this is written by the Apostle Paul. And here's what he says to us. Keep in mind, we're thinking about salvation. Okay? Here we go. Verse 21. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Very good news here. Let's read it again. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. God has shown us a way to be made right with him. I think the question becomes how, right? Because that sounds good. I want to be right with God. So how does that actually happen? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 22. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. (laughs) This is true. For everyone who believes, no matter who we are. This is fantastic. Verse 23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's the bad news. That's the truth about all of us. We've all sinned. We all miss the mark. We all fall short of this glorious standard that God has set. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Okay, let's look at that again. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. Do you see that phrase there, makes us right in his sight? Do you see that? Nod your head a little bit, so I know you're still with me. Okay, that actually means to be justified, and some versions would actually say, yet God, in His grace, He has justified us. This is a legal proclamation given by God where He declares us righteous. And it involves this it involves the acquittal of all of our wrong. So that's removed from the slate. And then we are also given then a right standing before God. So this verse is amazing. Yet God in his grace, he freely justifies us. He makes us right in his sight. He declares us righteous. We are acquitted of our sins and we now have a right standing with God. Really good news. Now, how did all of this happen? Well... He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. Okay. I want to walk through two key words that fall right out of this passage that are part of understanding the doctrine of salvation. And if you have ever wondered, what does salvation actually mean? And how does one attain salvation? Here at Valley Point, we like to use the phrase, trusting in Jesus alone. And what does that mean and how does one do that? Or being born again, that's another phrase that you often hear. Salvation, trusting in Jesus alone and being born again. What do these terms mean? If you have ever wondered about that and how that actually happens, I want to do my very best today to just be clear on what that means and what God offers to all of us and how we can have it and enjoy it for life. So if you're wondering about that, I am so glad that you are here at Valley Point. You need to know this is a safe place for you to investigate and to question. Hopefully today, I will bring some clarity to the word salvation and how you can know you have it. Because scripture makes that pretty clear. You can actually know. Now, maybe you're here and you're on the other side of that. You've trusted in Christ and you're wondering, why do I really need to hear all of this again? Well, I would posit to you that this is all very valuable because it gives us the chance once again to say, only God, only God. And there are some things that happen to you without you ever even knowing it when you trusted in Christ that are good for us to know because it helps us bow before God with deep respect and deep reverence. And so we wanna think through that a little bit. Okay, this is great stuff. Let's get to our first word. Here it is. It's the word justification. Justification, and it means to declare righteous, to be made right with God. Justification, to declare someone to be right. If you have trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you, there was a legal proclamation made by God himself on your behalf, where you were declared right before God. And again, that involved the acquittal of your sins and a right standing before God. That happened to you when you trusted in Jesus alone to rescue you. And here's the deal. It was instantaneous. Without us even knowing that or even feeling that, when we trust in Jesus alone without adding anything to that, we are declared right by God and it's instantaneous. And get this we're declared right by God Himself, which makes it sure and solid and lasting. It's not like God sent a lower ranking official to say, okay, well, here's this person and are we gonna declare them right? You know, I don't know. Here's what they did last night. Are we sure about this? And well, you figure it out. Maybe they can prove themselves in time. That's not the way it worked. Faith in Christ instantaneously declared right by God himself, which makes it sure and lasting. And the trigger for all of that is faith. That's justification. When you trusted in Christ, if that's something that happened to you, instantaneously declared right by God Himself, and all of that happened by faith. Here is one way that we can illustrate this. I've shared this with you before, but I want to share it again because I think it may be helpful. Pre justification. So before we put our faith in Christ and were made right with God. Let's just think about that life, and maybe that's how you feel right now, or your sense of where you stand before God. You haven't put your faith in Christ, so let's just think about this from a debts and an assets standpoint, because we all pretty much understand how that works. So think about this. Before justification, before being declared right by God himself instantaneously, our sins... The things we do that miss the mark of God's perfection, they just accrue all throughout life. Every thought, motive, action, missing the mark of God's perfection to where our debt column is full to overflow it. Before justification, this is a picture of our life, a lot of debts and sins just accumulate all throughout life. Now let's think about our assets before justification. There aren't any. We actually have no assets. Now I will confess to you I am not a financial advisor by any means. I'm not a financial wizard. But I do know that if you have more debts than assets, you're in a lot of trouble. You're in a lot of trouble. And you have to find a way to do something about that. And humans throughout the course of history have tried to find a way to get into a right standing with God by doing all kinds of things but yet what we discover is that the debt column continues to accumulate and we have no assets when it comes to our standing before God. Not a great place to be. Now, let's think about trusting in Jesus alone. Here's the amazing thing that happens. The merits of Christ's death are actually credited to our account and all debits are erased. And if that weren't good enough, get this. The merits of Christ's life are credited to our account and our asset column is full to overflowing. Not because of what we have done because we get things wrong all the time but because of what Christ has done for us and how God accepted this sacrifice for us. I believe justification, this being declared right before God, is the most vital turning point in the life of every person who comes to faith. And it requires a divine righteousness It requires that, because remember, here we are, before Christ, a lot of debts, no assets. Not a good place to be. (laughs) Not good at all. But when we put our faith in Jesus alone, we get the merits of his death credited to our account, debits are erased, and we get the merits of his life credited to our account, and now the asset column is full to overflowing, not because of what we have accomplished, but through our faith. This is what has happened to us when we trusted in Christ alone. Small thing? I don't think so. I mean, again, if we have walked through this, we should constantly bow before God and say, thank you so much for extending generosity to me and declaring me right through my faith in Jesus. Justification, a very important word. It means to be declared right. If you have put your faith in Jesus, that happened to you. Debt column erased, asset column now overflowing because of the righteousness of Christ. Very good news. One more word it's the word faith, and that has the idea of trust. When we put our faith in something, trust is involved and so trust and faith they work together back to the text verse 22 says this we are made right with god by placing our say the word with me church faith, faith. trust here's how it happens we are made right with god by placing our faith our trust in jesus christ And this is true for everyone who believes no matter who we are. No matter who we are. (laughs) The inclusivity of the gospel is beautiful. We've been singing about that today. No matter who you are, it's available to you. Let's think about saving faith this way. I have four thinking points when it comes to faith. Here's number one. Saving faith is not devoid of knowledge. Okay? It's not a blind leap of faith. It is more than a feeling. It's more than a feeling. Great Boston song from 1976, right? And you're going to be humming that all day long now. Just know that will help you understand salvation. Who knew? Right? Just think about that. Because saving faith is not devoid of knowledge. It is not a blind leap of faith. It's more than a feeling. Christianity is not a crutch for the intellectually weak. It involves knowledge. You have to understand a few things. Number two, it is one thing to know intellectually that Romans speaks of depravity or sin. It is something else to believe that those things are true of me. Faith involves a scent. All right, God says that we are sinners. I know that's true of the person sitting next to me or behind me or in front of me, but I don't know about me. Saving faith requires us to say, those things are true of me. Of me And here I am, debt column overflowing. And I have nothing to offer Christ. Everything falls short of his glorious standard. That's true of me. So faith involves assent. Number three, there must be a choice, a reliance on Christ alone. See, Jesus doesn't force himself on anyone. We can choose to say, I don't believe that, I don't want that, I don't need that, and we can walk away from what he offers. So there is a choice. There must be a reliance on Christ alone without adding anything to that. And then finally, the strength of one's faith is not relevant to justification, If it were, that would indicate I bring something to the table. I have a strength in this. I'm confident or I am sure. Let me ask you this. Have you ever doubted your faith? Like I'm not so sure about this because I know how I think or how I act. And maybe it didn't really take. Maybe I don't have faith in Jesus. Have you ever doubted your faith? I know that I have at times. When that happens, we have to go back to what God says about us and about being made right with him. It is through no effort of our own. So even if our faith is shaky and weak and we are unsure, it's not about the strength of our faith. It's about the reality of what God has done for us, who said, I have provided a divine righteousness for you. You look like this, but when you trust, I declared you right instantly And I did that by faith, the merits of Christ's death credited to your account, the merits of Christ's life credited to your account through no effort of your own. So the strength of one's faith is not relevant to justification. All of this, all of this, really amazing stuff. All of this through Jesus himself. And that's why when it comes to salvation, Jesus is the most important topic and why Jesus and salvation, they just go together. And when we talk about salvation, we have to talk about Jesus. When we talk about Jesus, we have to talk about salvation and justification and faith. Let's go back to the text, verse 27. Can we boast then? that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. No, 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 because our acquittal, our pardon, is not based on obeying the law, or it's not based on stuff we do. It is based on, say the word with me, faith. So, conclusion, here's the wrap-up. We are made right with God through And not by obeying the law. Great news. Great news. Two takeaways. Number one, if you have trusted in Jesus alone, here's what I want for you to do today. Walk with confidence. Okay? If you have trusted in Jesus alone, walk with confidence because this is you. The merits of Christ's death given to you. The merits of Christ's life. Given to you, not through your effort, but because of what God has done through Christ. So walk with confidence. You belong to God. You sit in the palm of his hand. And scripture talks about how no one can remove us from the palm of our father. No one can snatch us, is the language there. No one can take us from the father's hand. You're secure in him. So walk with confidence, okay? Even if you feel shaky, even if you wonder, even if you can't figure it all out, Who can, right? Walk with confidence because God has done something for you maybe without you even knowing it or feeling it. So have confidence today in your friendship with God and allow that to drive you. Now, if you're here and you have never trusted in Jesus, I want you to know you can. You can. Because the love of Christ is available to all, it doesn't matter who you are. That's the inclusivity of what God offers to every single person. So if you've trusted, walk with confidence, you've been declared right by God himself. And if you haven't, know that's available to you through putting your faith in Christ alone. Father, these are some wonderful thoughts that we have considered today. Mercy triumphs. Mercy triumphs. We've been considering this and resting in what you say about the person of Jesus and what he offers to all. God, I pray for those who have trusted in Christ at some point in their life. God, maybe that relationship isn't that dynamic or strong right now. I pray that today would be something that lights a spark a little bit, that engages our minds and our hearts to act in confidence knowing that when we put our faith in Jesus instantaneously, our sins were taken care of and the merits of Christ's life were credited to our account. You did that for us so we can walk in confidence. We belong to you. Help us to know that and act that way today, which results in compassion and servanthood and a love for others that can only come from you. God, I pray for those that are here who maybe have never trusted in Christ. Help them to take that faith step today knowing it's available to them. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here and the thought of being justified makes a lot of sense to you and you've never trusted in Christ alone. Maybe you've been trying to do a lot of stuff to earn the favor of God and it's just clear it doesn't really work that way and you're ready to trust, just simply trust that I would encourage you in the quietness of this moment from your heart to God's ears, just cry out to Him and say, God, my debt column is bursting. It's bursting. And i fallen short of your glorious standard. But I understand what you offer through the person of Jesus. And so right now I trust in him alone to rescue me. And I want to embrace his leadership and forgiveness. I want to be justified. Ask God for that. If that's something you've offered up, I want to say congratulations to you. You have been declared right. There has been an acquittal, and you have a right standing before God, and he did all of that instantaneously for you. Congratulations. You have a forever friend in God, and he will never leave you or abandon you. You're justified. God we thank you for this summer theme. We've been dusting off these words and breathing life into them again. Salvation's not an uncommon word, but God, I pray that it would take a new meaning for us today. As we just remember all that you did for us, may we never forget. We thank you and we bow before you in deep gratitude in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.